0: All right, so we want to continue along here with our installation service for Pastor Matt. So what's the deal with using the term installation? Am I supposed to pass out tools for each of you to participate or what's going on here? Now, it's a, we're just going to look at it. It's a, it's a really, it's kind of a ceremony to mark the beginning of Pastor Matt's ministry and he and Lindsay being part of our church family. Uh, Pastor Matt's been serving us since October. So it's been a while that they've already been here and part of our church family but you know, back in October, when Pastor Matt came onto our staff team, he jumped in full steam ahead and, uh, and got busy uh, serving Jesus by serving us. And so uh, it was a busy time. And, um, and so we want to take this opportunity now, a few months in, to pause and to plan this day uh, to just to mark uh, this time in, in their lives and the time in the life of our church family. And uh, as I said a, a little bit ago, just to celebrate, to encourage them, to celebrate and to pray for them uh, as well. So it's, gonna, it's really kind of, in some ways, it's kind of a dedication, you know, dedicating Pastor Matt uh, and his ministry among us to the Lord and, and, and dedicating he and Lindsay and their marriage uh, to God's good care. So uh, that's what we're up to. So how do we get here? Well, uh, there was a period where we were many months without a worship pastor on our staff team and during that time uh, God really helped us we put together a search team of great folks who worked hard and there was a series of interviews and second interviews and paperwork and more interviews and uh, a pretty extensive process and uh, it may have felt long and it might have even felt a little painful for pastor Matt uh, but it was a good process. And the reason I say it was a good process is because we got to the end and it was, uh, it was easy to see and to be confident in and to be thankful for uh, the faithfulness of our great God who brought the man uh, for the job. And so we're thankful to have them with us, aren't we? And, um, and so, so that's why we're, uh, we're, we're doing this, is to mark this beginning of their ministry together. And uh, and Matt, it's been a blessing. I'm enjoying getting to know you, my friend. And uh, Lindsay and my family and I are, love you guys and, and appreciate you being part of our church family. So looking forward to all that God has in store. Well, the first thing we want to do this morning, or the, not the first thing, we want, we want to do next now is open God's word as we do every Sunday. We want to study God's word together. Uh, but since this is a special occasion, we have opportunity to have a special uh, guest speaker with us this morning, and I want to introduce him. Uh, Pastor Matt and I work together on this. This is a mentor and friend of Pastor Matt and Lindsay, uh, someone they've served alongside in ministry and known for a while. Um, so his name is Nathan Daniels, and uh, I've gotten a chance to get to know him in recent months just a little bit too. Uh, he was definitely someone we talked to as we tried to figure out who this Matt guy was and whether we wanted to hire him or not. And so Nathan was really helpful in that process. And I've appreciated getting to know him. Just got to meet him in person and give him a hug today. Uh, but good to get to know him. A, a brother in Jesus and a like-minded uh, pastor in ministry. So we're glad that he's here. Uh, in addition to being a great guy and a friend of theirs, he's also the associate pastor at Cannon Beach Community Church. So let's welcome up Nathan Daniels.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man.
0: Good times. Good to be with you. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Yeah. We'll grab you this.
2: Well, good morning. Faith Church, oh, it's good to finally see your faces, to see your smiles. And and I'm so excited to share what the Lord's placed upon my heart with you this morning. But before I do that, I want to begin by by looking at you and saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As someone who loves Matt and Lindsay a great deal, I can't even begin to tell you how thankful. I am for the way that you've loved them, for the way that you've faithfully prayed for them, the way that you've welcomed them into your church family. I'm so thankful that this is where the Lord has brought them in this season, in this time of their life. And and I'm so filled with hope, expectation, and I'm looking forward to witnessing what God is going to do in and through the ministry that they enjoy here at the church. When Matt first began the process of discerning the Lord's call in this season, of his life, there was always something very special about your church. I think four different times I found myself praying with Matt and Lindsay as as doors continued to open for Matt to step through. But each one of those times as we prayed together, Matt was attentive, listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit in his life, and he said, no, that's not the job. There's just something special about Dallas. Even before he knew whether or not they'd give him a call back to serve here as a worship pastor on staff, I heard that phrase over and over again. There's just something special about Dallas. It was as if the Lord was shaping his heart as mine to be in the very role that we find him in today. I share this with you because I believe that you are an answer to prayer. I believe that you are an affirmation of, of God's faithfulness in Matt and Lindsay's life as they've placed their lives in obedience to the Lord as they've listened to the leading of the Holy Spirit and were attentive to take each step, knowing that it's the Lord that directs their lives. And so for this, I am very, very thankful. Over the past seven years, I've been blessed to get to know Matt. I've been blessed to serve alongside him in ministry, to witness his growth as a pastor and as a man. And I'm going to tell you, Matt is a man after God's own heart. He's a man whose story emphasizes that he knows the depth of God's grace. He knows what it's like to experience the living presence of his Savior as he breaks through in his life and reveals himself in ways that changes his life forever. Matt, as a pastor, is a man who loves the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know what? He's going to spend the rest of his life loving God's people because he's been loved so very well. I've always felt that there's something beautiful that happens when we realize that our story, that our testimonies and our lives are, are actually intertwined with God's larger narrative. And as I reflect upon Matt and Lindsay's journey, Matt's call into ministry, I find myself reminded of one of my favorite passages from the Bible. It's, it's a passage that has to deal with the restoration of Peter and is found in John 21 verses 1 to 19. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to that passage. Now what I love about this passage is we see the great lengths that Jesus goes to restore those, to reveal himself to those he loves. It's a passage of restoration and reconciliation, a passage of fellowship, grace, and forgiveness in light of our failure. John 21, verses 1 to 19 is a passage of new beginnings. It seems so fitting that we'd talk about it here today as we celebrate the installation of Matt, the new beginnings that he's gonna experience in ministry here at this church and the life the Lord has prepared for him. It's a passage of transformation, one that takes seriously the impact the love of God has upon our lives in shaping both our identity, our purpose, and our mission. In his walk with the Lord Peter leading up to this passage, had understood the joy of witnessing and participating in the miraculous work of Christ. He had sat under Jesus' teaching. He had witnessed Jesus bring healing to the blind and serving the very least in society. But he also knew the heartache of denying him. He knew the heartache and the disappointment and the hopelessness and the fear that was found in Jesus being crucified on a cross. But it's in this context, it's in the context of the resurrection that we witness Jesus coming to Peter in the place of his failure and his brokenness to restore him back into relationship with his Lord. It's in this context that we're reminded that there is no obstacle that is too great from God revealing himself to those he loves. Not even cones in the street or down power lines or whatever else the world may throw at us. We had that this morning. I don't know if that's still up. But there's no obstacle that can keep us from experiencing the love of God. He is a pursuer and he's pursuing you and he's pursuing me and he's faithfully pursued Matt and Lindsay over the years to draw them to this place. In the context leading up to John 21, we see that where there is fear, Jesus comes in and he declares peace. Where there is doubt, he outstretches his arms and he allows us to touch firsthand the evidence of his sacrifice for us. We believe in a God who is alive and active. We believe in a God who longs to restore us back into relationship with him, who wants to reveal himself to us in order that we may come to know him intimately and believe in his name, a God who extends to us life in the face of death. It's with this in mind that I'm reminded that revelation isn't something that we initiate on our own to see Jesus clearly, to have him reveal himself to us. It isn't something that we achieve based on our own intellectual standard or ability or strength, but rather it's something that Lord produces in our lives as he manifests himself to us. So it's with this in mind, with open hands that we come before him as we open his word and guide our hearts and our minds together. So with this in mind, will you pray with me? Father, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. I pray, Lord, that we would uh, find ourselves attentive, that we'd come before you with open hands and open hearts and open ears and minds, Lord God, for you to renew, for you to shape and mold and lead us that we might grow in hope and confidence in you. Father, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the life that we have through the power of the resurrection. I thank you for the testimony of Matt, A testimony that declares of your faithfulness, of your goodness, of your grace and your mercy, Lord God. A testimony that much like Peter, reminds us, Lord, that you meet us right where we are. That you pursue us because you've chosen us, because you want to adopt us as your beloved sons and daughters. And so, Lord, we come before you today and we ask that you'd give us the ears to hear what you want us to hear. That you would guide our hearts and minds and that we would leave here changed by your love, by your grace and your mercy and justice in our lives. In your precious and holy name, we pray these things. Amen. Now, as I was preparing this sermon, I have to confess, I really struggled with it. I struggled with it in part because I wanted to honor Matt, but, but the truth is, more than anything else, I wanted to celebrate God's faithfulness in his life. As I was reading John 21, it was so evident to me that, that Matt's journey with the Lord was much like Peter's, that, that the Lord called him and met him in his life and drew near to him, much like we see in the life of Peter in John 21. And so I found myself reflecting on his testimony and going, Lord, is it okay to talk about how you've been faithful to Matt over the years and to share that, to give the congregation a glimpse of his life as a pastor? And it was in this moment that I found myself reminded. Just as the Lord was faithful to Peter, he's faithful to you and to me. He's unchanging in that. We can celebrate the testimony of brothers and sisters, and we can relate it to us. And so there are times in our message today where you're going to hear me directly speaking to Matt. And in those moments, I want to encourage you, I'm speaking to you too. It's not just a message for him, but... I pray that the Lord would speak into your life as we dive into God's word together. You see, when Peter came at the beginning of verse 1, we see that Peter's returned to an earlier way of life, a life that he'd engaged in prior to following Jesus. When Peter says in verse 3 that he's going fishing, it's more than just a momentary decision. It's more than just a decision that he makes in the moment. It's a choice, a a decision to return to a life that he set out to create for himself from the very beginning. It's as Peter comes full circle. He's coming back to Galilee, back to life as a fisherman, back to his hometown, the place that he's familiar with and comfortable. Peter in our passage is literally laboring all night fishing unsuccessfully. And it isn't because he is a terrible fisherman. The truth of the matter is, is none of the disciples ever catch a fish without Jesus' help in any of the gospels, right? Either Jesus picked the worst fisherman on the planet or there's something we can learn in that, amen, right? The reason that Peter was unsuccessful is because he'd lost sight of his identity. He'd lost sight of his purpose. You see, God didn't create Peter to be a fisher of fish, as weird as that sounds. He created him to be a fisher of people. He created him to be a minister of the gospel, to be the rock from which he would build his church. You see, Peter had lost sight of his identity in the hopelessness and the loss of the cross, but you know what, Jesus met him there. He met him there following the resurrection, inviting him onto a new mission, a new purpose that he had prepared for him. Now as I reflect upon this in light of Matt's testimony, I'm reminded of the transition that he and Lindsay made in coming to Salem. While in Washington, they served tirelessly. If you know anything about Matt and Lindsay, it's that they go from zero to 60 like that. They love to pour their hearts out for God's people. They love to serve their time. They love to welcome you all, their, your home. They will literally work themselves to the point of crawling if it's for Jesus. And they did that in Washington. But you know what? It was also by their own strength, by their own effort, and they were tired, and it it was unsuccessful, and and no matter how hard they tried, they found themselves frustrated, going, God, where are you in this? And when I think about that, I'm reminded of one of my favorite passages out of Jeremiah. It's a passage that the Lord speaks into the life of Jeremiah before leading him into the potter's house in Jeremiah 18, and it, it says in Jeremiah 17, Cursed are those who place their confidence and strength upon their strength. Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals, for they will be like a shrub that is planted in the desert, a shrub that is planted in the uninhabited wasteland. But blessed are those who place their trust and their confidence in the Lord, for they will be like a tree that is planted by the stream, a tree whose roots stretch out into the water, and no matter the season, no matter the drought or the heat, no matter what they face, it will always bear green leaves and produce fruit. Like Peter, Matt lost sight of his identity and his purpose. He returned home disillusioned and unsuccessful, but by God's grace, the Lord met him there. The Lord came alive for him in a way that would change his life forever. He met him with such grace. And and I can tell you as a pastor, to this day, the testimony of his story gives me courage and encourages me by the transforming power of the love of God, by the perseverance of those who seek to faithfully honor and serve the Lord. In verse 4 of our passage, we see that the disciples, they don't even recognize Jesus as he's speaking to them from the shore. They don't recognize him at first, but what I love about this is this doesn't deter Jesus from calling out to them anyways. All along my journey with the Lord, all along Matt and Lindsay's journey, I, I find myself celebrating those moments where, where we're kind of like that movie Bruce Almighty, where we're, we're heading about our way, and we're like, God, give us a sign, and God's throwing these signs in the air and revealing himself to us. We're like, where are you, Lord? Where are you, Lord? And he continues to speak into our lives, speak into our lives. And that's exactly what he was doing in the lives of my brother and sister. And it was so encouraging for me to see. When Jesus calls out to the disciples and says to them, lads, you haven't caught any fish, have you? He isn't asking them that question because he wants to rub their face and their shame and their failure. He's Asking them that question because he wants them to recognize their need for him. I don't think I've ever witnessed my brother Matt more aware of his need for the Lord than when he first came back into town from being in Washington. Washington had completely humbled him. It had reminded him that apart from Christ, he can do nothing. And it left him desperate for God's grace and God's mercy and God's presence in his life from that moment forward. Matt, like Peter, had experienced the disappointment of rejecting Christ, of turning away from him and setting out on his own, but now he found himself fully committed to following Jesus Christ wherever he may lead him. And you know what? It showed up in his worship. When I knew Matt as a young college student, he was an incredible musician, an incredible uh, musician, and and he could get up and he could play, but, but there was always something missing But you know what, when he came back from Washington, when he experienced the grace and the presence of the Lord in his life, it changed him forever. He was no longer worshiping the Lord as a great musician. He was worshiping the Lord as a man who'd been transformed by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. He was a man who'd been transformed by God's presence in his life. Like Peter in our passage, Matt faced a decision he could either continue to go about his way or he could choose to walk and step with obedience, choose to follow the Lord's leading, and, and Matt chose to do that. He, he pulled everything into that life as he followed after Jesus with everything that he had. Much like Peter in our passage, who we see recognize Jesus from the shore, he jumps into the water, He doesn't just jump in like, oh, kind of check it out. No, he literally, it says in the Greek, that he thrusts himself into the water, that he tightens the clothes around himself so that he'd have the freedom to swim to Jesus freely. And anyone who knows Matt during this season of his life goes, that was Matt. He loved Jesus, pursued him with everything that he had, and the Lord was so faithful to minister to him along the way. When Peter began his journey with the Lord, he had no idea where the Lord would lead him. He had no idea of the future. Even at the beginning of John 21, he just thought he was going on a fishing trip. But he had an encounter with the risen Savior there, and it changed everything for him. There was no turning back. And so Peter and, and the other disciples learn from the Lord, they they allow him to teach them a better way, a new way. They cast their net on the other side and they pull in a haul of fish, 153, more than they could ever accomplish on their own. And as they're making their way to shores, as Peter's swimming up onto the shoreline, they get there. And, And I envision in this moment, they probably think we're bringing something that Jesus needs right now. But where's Jesus? It says he's sitting at a campfire with fish and bread already prepared for them. All the while, they thought that they were coming to Jesus because he needed them, but they were coming to Jesus because he wanted them, because he wanted every aspect of their life. Now, Matt, I I love you, brother. I'm, I'm so thrilled to be with you, and to be with your beautiful church family today, but I'm gonna tell you, the Lord didn't call you because he needs you, he called you because he wants you. It's the same reason that we see him calling the disciples in Matthew, because he wants to be with you. He wants to invite you to the table, to sit with him in front of the fire, and to offer what you have to join in the feast that he's already prepared. What I love about that image is it reminds us that The Lord doesn't need us to accomplish what he's doing, but he invites us to participate nonetheless. Matt, you've got a lot of strengths that you bring to the table, a lot of things that you can contribute in the life of the body, and and I'm looking forward to witness this community grow. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what my sister Hannah says is revival that's just palpable, happening among us right now. God is stirring, and I, I can't wait to hear about that. But Matt, it isn't what you contribute that defines who you are. It's the grace that allows you to sit at the table. I'm gonna tell you as as a pastor and as a friend, there's nothing more significant that you can do than to make a regular practice of just sitting and being with Jesus, allowing his forgiveness, allowing his grace, allowing him to remind you of who you are when you've forgotten to sit and to be with Jesus, to allow him to nourish you as you open the word. As you grow together as a follower of Jesus Christ, it's with this in mind that I want to exhort you, that I want to challenge you and say, Matt, make it a regular practice in your life to abide in Christ and to abide in his word. You know from experience that apart from him, we can do nothing, but in him, his grace is sufficient for us. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Isn't that beautiful? His grace is sufficient for us. Make it a regular pattern to meet with the Lord, to sit at his table, to learn from him, but don't do it alone. As pastor spoke about this morning, you have brothers and sisters in Christ who are meant to walk this journey right alongside you. Bring them along, join together, grow together in Christ Jesus, our Lord, as he invites you into mission, into this new life that he has for you. It's interesting to me that before beginning his ministry that we see take place in Acts and, and that we know now has grown from 12 disciples into uh, the Christianity today. Jesus begins by looking to Peter and saying, do you love me? I think often when we think of ministry, we think of a call to action. But perhaps that's the most beautiful call in our lives is to hear Jesus look to you and to me and say, do you love me? Now Matt, as a pastor, I wanna challenge you to let your ministry, to let your life flow from your response to those words. Do you love me? Do you love me? God can do amazing things through those that love him. He started the Welsh Revival for a little teenage girl saying, I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it caught on like wildfire and God moved in their community. Love the Lord. Know that he is a God that meets you in your place of grace And I pray that as you meet with the Lord, as you learn to love God's people, that God's love would fill you with courage, that it would cast out any fear that you may hold as you walk in faith and step with the leading of his his spirit. Now, Matt, when you were younger, you were like Peter. You liked to set things out your own way. You fastened your own belt around you. You see, Peter, I imagine when he hears Jesus say those words, has no idea that he's speaking of the death that Peter is going to endure because of his belief in Christ. He will not deny him, not another day, not for the rest of his life, for he is committed knowing that it is life that Jesus has all we need in him. Matt, I, wanna, I pray that you would be emboldened, that you would continue to step out in obedience. Now, I can't tell you what lies ahead, but here's what I can tell you. The one who has been faithful to you from the very beginning will be faithful to you until the very end. He will guide you and shepherd you and lead you and love you and extend grace and mercy to you when you need it most. He will restore you and draw you close to him and remind him of your mission, your purpose, as you share his love in this community and the community around you. Praise be to God. Let us pray. Father, I'm just so thankful. As I, I see the faces who are there here this morning, as I listen to the testimony of your love and your goodness and your grace and your mercy and their lives, Lord God, I find myself overjoyed that this is the church that you directed Matt's heart and mind to. I look forward to witnessing the friendships that he and Lindsay will form here. I look forward to hearing the stories of the movement of your spirit in the life of this congregation, the revival that, that others are eagerly awaiting that's taking place here in this community, that many would come to know you and love you and place their faith in you. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to remember the love that we had at first. Help us to remember the love that compelled us into the sea to pursue you with everything that we have. And thank you, Lord, that you invite us to participate in your mission in this community, in this world. I pray that you would be glorified by the love of our lives that we share together and that it would flow out of the love that we have for you. We love you, Lord Jesus, and your precious and holy and powerful name we pray these things. Amen.
1: Well, first, I would just like to say thank you, thank you, Nathan. Um, Nathan is someone who has been with Lindsay and I, and Nathan and his wife, Christy, have been with Lindsay and I for, since we started dating, and... They have led us uh, into a godly relationship and into marriage, and uh, we couldn't be more thankful for the man and family that God gave to us through him. Um, And then second, I just want to say thank you to you guys. Um, The church, one of the things Lindsay and I looked for, one of the big things we look for when looking for a church is a place that we could call home, Um, and we have found that here. So thank you guys. So, very much for that. That means more than anything that you could give to us. Um, and lastly, uh, I just want to challenge you, just as Nathan has, um, and myself, that every single day the Bible tells us to pick up our cross daily and follow Him. And that means, you know, asking God, having Him ask us, Do you love me? And every day respond, Yes, yes, I do, God. Whatever that means, whatever loving God that day means, whether that's a neighbor or someone in the family or someone you don't know, or whether it's just serving him and, and soaking in his word, becoming, I like to say, becoming obsessed with his word, because that is where we find the truth and the grace and the love of God. Um, and so with that, I think uh, one more thing with the verse that I've heard two or three times today in Second Corinthians, uh, my grace Is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. It's a good day, huh, brother? It's a good day.
0: It's a good day. Cool. Well, we got more. We're going to ask you a bunch of tough questions (laughs) now and stuff, and then and then pray for you. And uh, but let me invite our leadership team up here as well. Our elders are going to make their way up here and gather around. Uh, Let's invite Lindsay to join us on stage, and uh, and then Pastor Nathan come back up. And a couple from our staff team are coming as well. Debbie and Pastor Ed. Come on, and we'll gather around. You guys want to step forward just a little bit. <clears throat> so first, what we want to do next is we want to ask Matt a couple of questions that give, uh, that give you a chance to express your commitment to what, uh, to what the Lord has called you to and to some of those, uh, those exhortations you just heard from your friend Nathan. Uh, we want to ask a couple of these questions that uh, give you an opportunity to express to us, your whole church family, uh, your commitment in these areas. And then you, church family, I'm going to ask a question of you as well as we have an opportunity to express our commitment to Pastor Matt and Lindsay as, uh, in support of their ministry. So we'll do that in a moment as well. So, uh, you know, thinking about uh, Pastor Nathan's words from, from uh, John 21 for us and, and his uh, urging you, Matt, to remain in Jesus, to remain in his word, that, that, that I think he said one of the best things you could do as a pastor is to sit with him, mm-hmm. right? Right? And so this first question is along those lines. Will you commit to keep the gospel of Jesus at the center of your ministry, your family, and your life? Yes. Right on. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Pastor Nathan was, was urging you that that love that you receive from Jesus, how, is, how will it be poured out to God's people? How will your ministry as a pastor flow from the love you have for Jesus? And so we want, uh, we'll be joining you in, in praying for you that, uh, that as you love Jesus, as he loves you, that he will help you to care for God's people. So will you commit to shepherd, to care for God's people, your church family? Would you commit to shepherd them by offering them the love, uh, grace, and forgiveness that God has offered to you? Yes, I will. Good. And church family, uh, I have a question for all of you, too, and... Uh, I want you to hear the question, and then uh, we will respond. uh, If it's true of you, we respond, we will, okay? Will you commit to support Matt and Lindsay and their ministry through your prayers for them, by serving, and by being family to them? We will. Right on. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we want to be able to pray for you two now as well, and uh, we certainly know uh, a lot of, as we've gathered together this morning, we know that we are celebrating the beginning of your ministry and wanting to kind of dedicate you both and your marriage and your ministry to the Lord, um, and that's what this installation is all about. But we also want to know if there's anything else we need to know, be aware of, that we could pray for this morning. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so we have some uh, decent-sized news. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the form of a couple weeks ago, uh, we found out that we're going to have the opportunity – a week ago. Was it a week ago? <laughs> okay. It's been a long week. Um, <laughs> a week ago that uh, we're going to have the opportunity to adopt an infant. Yeah. Um, which is huge news. Yeah. We are so excited. Um and so so, so it's nine, nine nine ten months to prepare I'm yeah, sure. you know I mean, it's um it's pretty close to that, um, about six weeks <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh the baby is due beginning of March, um, so as you can tell, we have a ton of time to prepare <laughs> um, but with that, the greatest thing is just pray um, pray for the birth mother, for our child um and for us, and as we become parents for the first time and um We are so excited. So, prayer for parenting, prayer for more than two hours of sleep, (laughs) and uh, just that Lindsay and I continue to grow in our marriage and in our new family, and that we keep Christ at the center. Um,
0: Yeah. Well, we want to join in prayer for those things, don't we? Um, And it occurred to me, you know, this is, there's, there's no such thing as coincidence in God's um, sovereign orchestration of all things, and, and I was thinking about their announcement this morning of the opportunity to adopt this infant and uh, this Sunday is actually this Sunday on the calendar is one that we would sometimes uh, mark as the, uh, the day of the Sunday of celebrating the sanctity of human life there I was able to say it <laughs> and so how, how awesome of our great God that the, and, and we can be thankful this morning too that this birth mother chose life yep. and i 'm so thankful uh, that he 's chosen you to be parents. Yeah. So I want to pray for you. So let's have you guys step down here a bit so we can gather around you. And uh, our leaders are going to lay hands on Matt and Lindsay as a symbol of, of praying our blessing upon them and, uh, and conferring upon them um, God's, uh, God's blessing and care as they uh, continue to serve in our church family. And let me invite all of us as a church family to stand and while we can't all gather around them and lay hands, I'm going to invite you to just extend your arm forward. It doesn't need to be high. If you get tired, you can switch hands even. No big deal, right? But we're just going to extend our arms toward Matt and Lindsay, uh, joining in this prayer of blessing on them. Let's pray.
3: God, we thank you so much for Matt and Lindsay and the ministry you've called them to. Thank you for bringing them to Dallas, Oregon. God, this morning I just want to pray especially for their relationship. Uh, If you're around them for any length of time at all, you know that they're crazy for each other. They truly love each other, whether it's on social media or if you see them downtown Mm -hmm. or just hear the way they speak of each other. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you for the love you've put in their hearts for each other. And God, we ask that you can continue as they grow, Lord, that they will love you first so they can love each other best. And God, as life continues on and there's more layers and their circles grow and their family grows, God, I just pray that their their rock, their stability, their first love, their first look will be to you, Lord, because we know that when that is the case, that they will be able to handle whatever you bring to them, whatever comes into their life, Lord, with grace and together, united. God, I pray that they will remember to look to you to fulfill their needs and not each other. Well, um, I'm sure there's a lot of joy in that relationship. I can just imagine now having just a new little one, God. We thank you for this baby. But, Lord, even in those early morning hours when maybe they're tired and maybe not as patient with each other as they usually are, or maybe there might even be moments of intense fellowship, God, Mm -hmm. we just pray that uh, you will just bring to their minds and to their hearts the reminder that you have brought them together for this reason, for this season, and that you will be enough. And we thank you, God and we praise you for uh, the place they are. We look forward to what you have to do with them and through them.
2: Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the gift of new birth, for uh, the gift of, of new creation, Lord God. And I, I thank you for your provision and for your faithfulness in Matt and Lindsay's life, for for their obedience in following your leading and listening to the prompting of your Holy Spirit. And, and Father, I pray that, Uh, as plans approach, as as they prepare for the coming of this baby, what they've been looking forward to for so long, Lord God, that you would direct their steps, that you would provide them with what they need, that you would remind them, and that they would remind one another that they are adopted in your family, that they are beloved sons and daughters, and that they would hold this baby, Lord God. I look forward to the day uh, where they get to celebrate and hold this baby that you've entrusted to them, and And so, Lord, we thank you for this church. Thank you for the way that they've loved and supported them. And we pray that you would continue to guide and shepherd their hearts and minds as they draw close
4: to you. You Father God, it's it's in the name of Jesus that we ask these things. And we thank you that we can come to you and just talk to you and that you hear us. Today, we thank you that you have called Matt and Lindsay to full-time ministry. And we thank you more that you have called them to this body of believers here in Dallas, Oregon. We humbly ask that you now use Matt and Lindsay, as you have called them, to bring glory to yourself in furthering your kingdom as Matt becomes part of the leadership of this body of believers. Continue to increase his passion for leading us in worship, pointing us and those not yet in your fold to yourself. We ask that you protect Matt and Lindsay from the effects of a corrupt world, knowing that they are enemies of the enemy. Surround them with your protection, guide them, help them to be sensitive to your leading, make them and all of us addicted to your word. I ask that you continue to prompt us in this congregation to lift Matt and Lindsay up in our prayers As we pray for the rest of our pastoral uh, team here, asking for your guidance and protection for them, that these, our pastors, would be leading us where you would have us to go according to your will. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things.
0: Heavenly Father, we look to you, we lift our eyes to you, thankful for your love for us, demonstrated through Jesus. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the new life, salvation that you have offered through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. God, would you just continue to remind us each day, all of us as a church family, and especially Matt and Lindsay today, we pray that you'd remind us that, that, um, that life in you is not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus has already done. We thank you for his sacrifice for us and his victorious resurrection. Conquering sin and death so that we can be saved and have new life. So God, we as a church family want to exist to glorify you. Would each of us as followers of Jesus live to glorify you? And we pray this morning for Matt and Lindsay especially, that you would continue to work in their lives and that Jesus would be all they want and all they need. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right.